Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, what's going on with The Walking Dead? Why did Bethesda choose Fallout over Elder Scrolls? And what are the highs and lows so far in 2018? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly want to thank you so much for tuning into our shows each and every week, either to our online radio stations or our podcast networks. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend, he is the man, the myth, the legend behind Humanica Media. you got to check out everything on HumanicaMedia.com, Humanica Media on YouTube, or all the great shows on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and so many other different outlets. It's my good friend. It's Josh Peterson. What's up, man? Hey, hey, man. i just looking at Switch games, you know? I'm just trying to figure out why all the good ones are so expensive and they never go on sale. Remember back when Nintendo Wii came out? Nintendo Wii games were always on sale, but Switch games, they just they don't put them on sale, and I don't, under, I don't get it. The same thing was for the Wii U. I noticed that during its life cycle, games that were of quality on that system did not come down at all. And I know that's, for me, one of the reasons why I believe the Wii U went down so quickly. And it's obvious that Nintendo hasn't learned from its past mistakes. Right, right. And I even went over to uh, Toys R Us today and like they said people just bought up the Nintendo Switch games and no matter what it was, all the resellers just came in, raided them and now they're selling them online. So it's just you, you're not going to get a discounted Wii game or not Wii game, but Switch game. And when you do, it's only like 10 bucks. So it's not even worth it. No, and it's, it's going to be a long time before any of the major games for the system, Splatoon 2, Zelda, Mario, and any of the other quality first-party Nintendo games go down in price. So you're going to be hard-pressed to find discounts on it. So I think that's going to hold up a little bit some people and give some people apprehension before they actually go out and buy a Nintendo Switch. But we'll, we'll have to see how it goes down the road. I still think at some point in time, the tide is going to turn and the Switch will actually improve domestically here in its sales as opposed to right now with the PlayStation 4 being on top so far here in the U.S. in 2018. They're still dominating like no tomorrow in Japan, but I foresee by the end of the holiday with some more quality releases, them coming back on top in 2018. Let's hope. I mean, I was reading today with the release of, um, we'll probably talk about this later on a later show, but news of the release of the pokemon games that which i predicted by the way thank you very much yes you did yes you did their stock prices soared today so that's interesting news but we'll uh we'll discuss this at a later date i'm sure how you doing man i am doing well and i think it's going to be a great episode for everyone out there today nintendo like you said as long as they retain those hardcore games and we were worried about what they would produce behind the zelda and mario games Pokemon is one of those few franchises that they can count on to gain them sales. After that, I'm not quite sure what there is. So they're going to have to come out with obviously a Mario Brothers or something out there that's going to really target a new audience. They're going to be 
giving people the first look at the Super Smash Brothers Brawl for the Switch. That's something to look forward to. Will it be enough to carry the holiday season? We'll have to find out. And we'll speculate more on that as the months go forward. And, and obviously, you'll get a chance to take a look at it up close when you're at E3. But it is going to be a great episode we have for you indeed. We've got Daphne Matthew from the Walking Dead fan base. She's stopping by to talk all the big changes going on and the big, 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 big news going on with The Walking Dead. The series is in question, and we're going to talk about all those parameters, including some major impending departures and possibly even someone being retained at a very high dollar amount and what that could do for the series. We're going to talk about that when she comes on. Plus, also as well, we've got Hunter Ferris from the Song Appeal podcast, finishing up our conversation on the scores and the music behind the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But first, my friend, it is the halfway point of 2018. So much has been said, so much has been talked about, so much has been done, seen, and and when it comes to pop culture so far in 2018, I think it's been a pretty darn good year so far to date. What are your thoughts initially when we talk about the first six months of 2018? They've been, are, are we talking about just in movies or video games or everything? Everything in pop culture, my friend. That's why this is the pop culture cosmos. Well, a lot of TV show cancellations I've noticed. I don't really watch a lot of TV anymore, but I know like there was uh, Lucifer was a, was one people like to watch and there's a lot of CW shows getting canceled. So it just kind of makes me wonder if the rise of Netflix and Hulu and all these streaming services are about to bring about the end of your normal cable TV viewing. So, But that, though some of those shows are being picked up by those streaming network options. Obviously, we've got Designated Survivor being picked up by Netflix, Amazon picking up The Expanse for season four from the Sci-Fi Network. Right, and it's kind of showing a shift in, uh, in trends, I guess, because a lot of people are saying, people are staying inside all day watching Netflix, but... What I'm seeing is instead of people saying, hey, I have to be back in my couch at this time, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do something. And then when I come back or I have a day off, I'm going to sit here and I'm just going to watch the entire season of this show. So it, I, don't, I don't know. Like it, I'd be I want to look up the statistics on that, but like I'd, I'd be fascinated to find out more about it. I would as well. So you do that investigative research. You put that National University journalism degree to the test, my friend. Oh, yeah justify those student student loans man just gotta justify the payments you know don't remind me what did you use your degree for oh tv research uh yeah yeah but we won't talk about that those were (laughs) some fun times hey if it wasn't for national university we wouldn't have met and started this show so dream team dream team all props to nu but it is uh it has definitely been a great six months my friend first off i want to hit something close to home with you in the first six months of 2018 your thoughts on the best video game of 2018 Ooh, so far god of war is my pick for that so god of war and i really did enjoy Faye. those were two really well put together games Faye tried to tell a story kind of failed but it's still a beautiful game god of war told a story and presented you with a beautiful game that was really cool because they there hasn't been anything like that in a long time. You know, we've we've talked about that quite a bit. But so for you, you are saying that God of War you think is the best game so far of 2018. And if there's a game you should try out there, you're suggesting Faye, correct? Yeah. So if if there's a game you're just looking to play for you know this mindlessly for the sake of playing something, Faye is a very beautiful game. Faye is it's just it's fun to look at. It's easy to control, and it's not uh, overly complicated. A lot of puzzle solving. But if you're looking for something to really, you know, give your time to and invest in, and, and you want characters that will that you can follow from the start of the game to the end of the game, God of War is definitely something that you you want to check out. And even if you're not like a, a huge video, if you're just a casual video game player, God of War is still God of War is honestly, with the exception of being good for children, it's honestly good for all types of gamers. And that leads me into this question. What is the worst video game for you that you've seen or played in 2018? N++, for sure. I know a lot of people are going to hate me for saying that. but And surprisingly, like that review that I made has gotten quite a lot of uh, downloads. But 
you know, there's so many beautiful platformers out there now as far as like the, you know, you have Celeste and you have 88 Heroes or whatever that one was, you know, and then you go to M++ and you literally have a game that can go on forever and you have players making levels that they don't even try to see if they can beat themselves. It's just a, uh, you know, you go from one thing to the next and you don't even know if the levels are beatable. So you invest all this time and you get, you can only get so far. It's like there's a game on, um, mobile i want to say and it's a golf game and the, the game has i think it has like 2500 levels on it and there's just there's literally just no end to the game you keep going and going because people are still adding levels onto this game as you go and i'm sure in plus uh, plus you know i know it has its fan base but wasn't a huge fan wasn't a huge fan not for me but i know there are people out there who do like it what, what are your picks though were you talking about golfinity yes i think that's the one i will say for me for this year so far, the first six months, I agree with you. God of War is the best game so far, 2018. Not only from a presentation standpoint, but it clearly for individuals like me who are kind of bored with the previous iterations of God of War, and even though I played them, still could never really get 100% behind it because it was just kind of mindless. I really have gotten into seeing and observing what's going on with the god of war series at this point in time because it's taken a turn for the better it looks like it is presentation wise story wise and from a gameplay standpoint it's still not too shabby as well it looks like so far it is head and shoulders above anything else that's been released so far in 2018 the game i think you should try is omen sight it's this cute little hack and slash game there are other things you can do with it as far as simple platforming there's there's other options and powers that you can get along the game but when i put my review out here pretty soon on popculturecosmos.wordpress.com i think i'm going to give it a, a pretty nice grade and, and for something that like you said is mindless fun very easy to get into the controls are very good it reminds me so much of a game from the past like 2005 2006 it would really fit in well and really would stand out then but in today's marketplace, it's just going to get drowned under in the world of battle royales, first-person shooters, and and third-person RPGs. So at this point in time, I would say if you give Omensight a try, it's a low-price download that'll actually just keep your interest for about five, six, seven hours, and, and it's worth giving a try. I will say the worst game by far that I played this year is Conan Exiles. It's a stinker beyond all description at this point. For me, it's clearly unfinished clearly not polished at all there's glitches everywhere it makes a bethesda game look polished and that to me is really saying something because there is just so many glitches so many annoyances there's so much clutter on the screen at one time your inventory system is kind of hard to navigate through the actual exploration is kind of eh, hit or miss all around, Conan Exiles looks to be something that I say you kind of want to avoid and something that you probably won't want to get into as time goes on anyways. When it comes to movies, my friend, I want to switch to movies. What are some of the best, worst, and movies you think also as well people would should catch as far as from all three standpoints when it comes to the movies so far in 2018? You know, I want to say like the, the best movie I've seen so far, my favorite has been Avengers Infinity War as like a big budget film. So it just kind of it was entertaining, had a decent story, and it was kind of something that we've all been waiting for. There's some other like Netflix had some decent films come out this year. But I will tell you, my worst movie is a Netflix movie, but I, I won't share that one as of yet until I'm ready. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. But uh, no, like I, I, you know, Bright wasn't I wouldn't call it like a a super good movie but like it created an interesting premise you know they had elves and orcs and all that like what if they all existed in a modern setting and that that's really cool and from what i understand max landis who's not doing so well these days i guess uh he wrote it on an airplane so you gotta give props to that but it's like it, it was not a great movie but it was it was good and it it captured my attention well, you've already picked one, like I said, with your best movie, which is Avengers Infinity War. You've already got one people should try and bright. So tell me, my friend, what is the worst movie you've seen so far in 2018? I know you liked A Quiet Place as well. Yes, I did like A Quiet Place. What's the movie you least liked so far in 2018? Annihilation. I was hoping to get... I don't know what I was hoping to get out of that, but uh, it... There... <sighs> 
I don't know. How am I supposed to say this? Like, I, I really loved Ex Machina and I was hoping to kind of get something that made me think, but Annihilation didn't make me think as much as it frustrated me because I don't think that what they were trying to do, I don't think they pulled it off in the way that they were hoping to pull it off. And it just left you a lot of people, you know, like the a lot of deep thinkers, theologians, philosophers, like people I know who are into that stuff, like they really liked it. But for something like that, you really just have to bring it back down in a way that won't like leaving the theater disappointed. Everyone interprets that movie differently. I know a lot of people had to go out and buy the book afterwards. And maybe that was their plan, but it it just seemed like there was a a lot better way to bring that theme back around instead of the way that they did. I'm going to go ahead with my list and say the best movie I've seen is also Avengers Infinity War this year. It is truly one of the best that Marvel has had to offer and it needed to be in many ways and it delivered. Yeah, you can nitpick it to death because there's so long. There's so much they tried to put in there. It does a great job of what it's trying to do. And that is pack in as much as it can within a two hour, 40 minute time frame and try and entertain audiences the best they can while giving it a big enough surprise so that it entertains the audience, has them talking and brings them back for next year's 2019 installment. The movie I think you should try is actually not too far behind. And I'll tell you what, it, it's, if you haven't seen it already, I, I think you're crazy not to. But if you haven't seen Black Panther already, then you have to give it a try now that's on home theater, now that's streaming, now that's available on Blu-ray. There's just no excuse now. It is a very, very well-written movie, excellent direction, a great villain. Uh, everybody else is really, really good, a, a strong cast that's assembled. And it does all the right things that it needed to and just is a great, great representative as well of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The worst movie I've seen, like I said before, was Netflix Bound. And that was a movie that was actually intended to come out in the theaters, but at the last minute got pulled over into Netflix. And that's the Cloverfield Paradox. That movie was very smart in what it was doing going over to Netflix instead of tanking at theaters because it is truly an awful movie. It was a waste of my time. Overall, I thought it was really a movie that I wanted my two hours back in my life that I won't ever get back. But it was a smart move of the distributor and also the movie company themselves to go ahead and send it over to Netflix and actually was a win-win because I know because of that Super Bowl trailer, it got a lot of interest early on as being a movie that for Netflix fans that they didn't want to miss. With me, it's a very close race on when it comes to TV as far as the best of. There are two shows this first six months of the year that are must-sees in my opinion. I'm going to say if you can get and stream and binge on The Alienist, you need to do so because it is a really good look at the late 1800s as far as the scope of, of how forensics in its early stages might have been done. The show, for the most part, is an incredible ride pretty much all the way through. The Alienist, definitely one of the best shows so far of 2018, but very close behind it or even right on par is Cobra Kai on YouTube. So that's also one you should try to watch and binge. Even if you just want to get the free trial for YouTube Red, it is definitely a show worth watching. It is uh, so fun. I wasn't even a big fan of The Karate Kid at all. I understand its importance and relativeness in the world and realm of pop culture. I understand Wax On, Wax Off, Mr. Miyagi, the whole nine yards. But I never really got into it. I've seen the movie, but I just never really found the charm that others did. But when it came to this show, and I actually just turned it on a lark, it just really appealed to me like the movie never has. And I guess I was relating to Johnny's struggles as far as trying to come back into trying to bring out something special in a lot of youngsters. And it is really a show worth watching as well. It's very close between The Alienist and Cobra Kai. Binge both. It's really worth watching on both ends. The worst TV show for me is Steel Team. I'm sorry to my wife on that, but it is Steel Team, the worst TV show so far of 
2018 by far it's just truly awful television it sounds like something that would star like john cena and and uh steve austin i just no it's the guy from bones he's executive producer on it he's overseeing this is his deal and all that and i'll tell you what when you can figure out the plot within the first 10 minutes on what's going to happen you say what's going to happen and then it happens and you're still not interested in it it tells you how bad it is so unfortunately seal team it's still highly rated got picked up for another season good for them but for me it's some of the worst television i've watched so far in 2018. if you're out there and you you really have some tv some video games and some films that you really want us to share whether how good how bad or something that we should try so far that's come out in 2018 share us your thoughts popculturecosmos at yahoo.com also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanic Media, and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter as well. Coming up right after the break, it's Hunter Ferris from the Song Appeal Podcast telling us more about the music of the MCU. This is the PCC Multiverse. Based on the webcomic by Sarumaru, FX Unit Yuki is now available on the PC Engine and Turbo Graphics systems. With eight varying stages of hardcore 2D action, an awesome soundtrack and intense boss battles, FX Unit Yuki gets the adrenaline pumping as you navigate through its multiple difficulties and endings. Check out Old School Retro at its finest today by ordering a CD-ROM copy of FX Unit Yuki for the PC Engine or Turbo Graphics today at fxunityuki.com. That's F-X-U-N-I-T-Y-U-K-I dot com. Welcome back, everyone. So great to have you part of the program, listening in each and every week like you do. It's truly a pleasure to have you out there. I'll tell you what. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is on a high unlike anything we have ever seen in entertainment and pop culture. Obviously, when you have two absolutely monumental hits that have come out this year, such as Black Panther and, of course, Avengers Infinity War, everybody has got the MCU at the top of their list, uh, on their minds, at the forefront of everything going on when it comes to news, entertainment, and all that. And we're all excited for Ant-Man and the Wasp coming out later this year, and also what's going on next year with Captain Marvel and the actual part two of whatever it's going to be called when it comes to Avengers Infinity War this time next year. But there's some deeper meanings and some deeper thoughts when it comes to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I brought on a guest today that I hope will clarify some of these things that you may have not on the surface thought about, but they're there, folks. Trust me, they're there. And we're going to talk a little bit today about the psychology behind some of the music when it comes to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And with me today, it is Hunter Ferris, host of Song Appeal, the psychology of pop and soundtrack music. You can get it today on Apple Podcasts and all those other great podcast outlets or just check out his amazing site, songappealofficial.com. That's songappealofficial.com. It is Hunter Ferris. And I'll tell you what, Hunter, it is so great to have you a part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. Well, thanks so much for having me. Hunter, I got to ask you this, your thoughts on, I don't want to say the best and the worst, because that's that's you know for composers who spend so much time collaborating, trying to create something special, create something that will fit with the movie, create something that will fit with the theme. What is the most effective movie soundtrack, in your opinion, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? And also, what is the least effective? Okay. Most effective, Doctor Strange. That's going to be a really weird answer for me to give. So the main reason I say Doctor Strange is because it really isn't a superhero movie by any means. It doesn't follow the structure of a superhero movie, the narrative of a superhero movie. It tries to throw out almost every trope you'd expect from a superhero movie. It's a martial arts fantasy movie that happens to feature, I'm sorry, Doctor Strange isn't even a superhero. Like, there's a technical definition of superhero, and Doctor Strange technically does not fall under that definition because he doesn't have a code name. Like Spider-Man or Batman, he doesn't have a made-up name. 
he just has his name and his profession. It's almost like me going around as a superhero and calling myself Hunter Ferris. That's not a superhero to anyway. The point is, this is very much not a superhero movie. So Michael Giacchino brought in that MCU superhero theme that we're so used to hearing over the last, I believe it was 15 movies at the time. They kept using the theme over and over and over again. And because of that theme, we felt like it was a superhero movie, which I'm sorry. Can I just say how cool it is that the melody alone made us think it's a completely different movie than it actually was. I find that amazing. But there's also a least effective. I really am pressing you on this. So, which, in your opinion, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies has had the least effective soundtrack? I'm trying to decide between the one I was most disappointed with and the one that actually gives the wrong feel for this movie. I'm not sure which to pick. Which do you want to hear about? Try both, because obviously they affect you both in negative, in negative ways. So, Captain America Civil War should have been the greatest musical event of the decade. It should have included the themes from Captain America, the Winter Soldier, which it did. The Winter Soldier scream from Winter Soldier, which it did. Any Iron Man theme, which it didn't. The Black Widow theme from Iron Man 2, which it didn't. The Ant-Man theme, which it didn't. Any Hawkeye theme we'd happen to have, which it didn't. If they could have, I would have loved for them to collaborate with the composers, with the future composers then future i don't know how that works i don't know how the grammar works anyway i recognize the spider-man homecoming and black panther hadn't come out yet but it would have been really cool if they'd collaborated with the with the composers for spider-man homecoming and black panther and ask what are your themes going to be and use those themes just to introduce them it just wasn't the airport fight alone should have been the greatest piece of music since star wars episode four instead it was just a fight theme the the movie had a theme that was a soundscape it was a background to the movie instead of reminding us who these characters are reminding us what these characters stand for reminding us what how these characters feel in a given moment instead it was just standard it was music that made you feel like there was action but not music that made you feel like there was action between iron man and ant-man and you said you had another one as well Iron Man 2, I mentioned that it used a, a bombastic superhero theme that you might have heard 30 years ago yeah. back during the days of Superman 3 and stuff like that. I don't say what a bad piece of music is because I'm a, criti I'm a critical enough person in real life that I don't like to be critical on podcasts. I would rather make myself better because of podcasting anyway. I feel like it would have been more effective for the movie if they'd pulled on the MCU superhero theme that they were just starting to develop. I feel like it would have been more effective for the MCU as a whole by making us feel like they had a specific style of superhero theme throughout every phase and throughout their entire franchise. And also it would have made Iron it would have brought out what Iron Man 2 needed to be by having a simple theme with simple rhythms, simple notes in minor that focused on notes one, three, and five. Having a simple theme like that would have given the would have given the film more um, more thematic continuity to be a little pretentious about it. It would have made the whole film feel like it was one solid movie if they'd stuck with one theme that was used through the entire movie. As it is, they pulled one theme out that was used like twice, maybe. It was just a really ineffective use of the theme, and I feel like it would have been a more effective theme if they'd chosen a standard MCU theme to make it feel like it was a standard MCU movie. Yes, I get there weren't many MCU movies back then, but it still would have established the theme better for future movies and established it better for that movie. Ooh, that was a long diatribe. But definitely a well-spoken one at that. Thank you. It is Hunter Ferris, host of Song Appeal, the psychology of pop and soundtrack music. You can get it today on Apple Podcasts and all those other great podcast outlets. Or just check out his amazing site, songappealofficial.com. That's songappealofficial.com. I know I'm going to be subscribing to his podcast today, and I think you should too as well in order to get the best type of analysis and also deep thinking when it comes to music within the pop and soundtrack realm. Hunter, it's been great having you on today's show. I truly wish you can come back to our program at any point in time because I'd love to discuss 
other pop culture outlets and the music behind it, starting with possibly maybe a talk on Star Wars themes down the road. That would be fun. I'm putting out an episode next week on the Star Wars theme. Oh, that's awesome. So you got to check that out. Song Appeal, Psychology of Pop and Soundtrack Music on Apple Podcasts and listen to that show and all the other great episodes that he's had on the air as well. But definitely, we are going to have a conversation on not only the Star Wars soundtracks, but also over the course, hopefully you'll be able to come back on the show and talk more great pop culture soundtracks and music that have affected not only you, but millions of others out there as well. Thank you so much, Gerald. I appreciate so much having you on the show. And of course, a part of the pop culture cosmos. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. This year, we're set to release Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull drops this year and is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. Josh... Before we head on to my conversation with Daphne Matthew on The Walking Dead, I want to actually hear your thoughts on some of the big news stories so far in 2018. And the number one story for me so far in 2018 is the dominance of Marvel continuously at the movie theaters with both a $1.3 billion maker in Black Panther, but also a nearing $2 billion great performance by Avengers Infinity War and also in a way as well another big hit with Deadpool 2 although it's not doing quite as well as the original it still has a nice audience still coming to it even for the second time around for Deadpool yeah I mean I'll be honest I'm kind of over the hype of Black Panther it was a good movie but it wasn't as good it wasn't like worth all the like oh my gosh it's so good it's so Let's uh let's let's praise this and give it an Oscar and all that stuff. It was a great movie, but it's just not it's overhyped to me. But um Marvel's power, man. Marvel is a powerhouse. You know, even the non Disney affiliated Marvel film in Deadpool is doing relatively well. So it's it's just it and I think it it's mostly because, you know, they've been building up to this and who who's to say, you know, we've talked about this before, but who's to say what's gonna happen once avengers uh, infinity war part two comes out and you know that's all wrapped up in a bow are people going to be more and and you know they're smart to open up with spider-man after avengers infinity war 2 but like who's to say that people are going to start you know they're going to go back to the movie theaters and droves who's to say i don't doubt that they're going to do well but they're we're going to see the types of numbers that we're seeing right now and marvel's smart you know they're marketing very smart very well and you know it, it's just like the as they've they've gotten better and better at it but the the future is kind of uncertain after next year for them i will say as the number 2 story superhero fatigue unfortunately for james cameron didn't happen quite yet but audiences sure did get tired of star wars as solo came out and unfortunately did not perform anywhere near anyone's expectations for the film it doesn't look like it's even going to get back its money, most likely over the course of the long haul, which is very much a shame because I've seen it. And it's an okay movie. It has quite a few flaws, but overall, it's right in that range of movies with the other movies that have come out recently in The Force Awakens, Rogue One, and The Last Jedi. I know a lot of it is because of The Last Jedi. I know a lot of people had issues with that this year so that's something as well that people uh seem to be still up in arms about when it comes to ryan johnson's the last jedi but we've speculated already on our last episode of the pop culture cosmos why all the bad things have to it and it's rolled into a disappointing effort for solo so if you want to check out that episode we really go into detail on that but for right now one of the major stories for 2018 is the failure of solo and the possible declining returns for the Star Wars series. We'll have to wait and see until late next year when Star Wars Episode Nine comes out. So we'll have to see if that effect will still be there at that point in time. Number three of the top news stories I have is Fortnite Mania hits the gaming community hard. It was actually kind of going on top at the end of 2017, but it has exploded even more Obviously, it's become a major thing on the streaming world as far as 
the Ninja Drake cooperational effort on Twitch, garnering so many hundreds of thousands of viewers. Fortnite actually becoming a really addictive game to a lot of people out there that really are enjoying its style. It's fun nature. It's easy to get into. It's free to play. So there's no argument there on how cool of a game it is. People are really getting into it from all different walks of life and not just kids. I know I hear all the time as far as when I'm at the schools, yes, Fortnite, 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 but I hear it as far as professional athletes, entertainers, and I hear it from newscasts. I All over the place, Fortnite is a craze right now, and not only taking the Battle Royale genre to even larger heights, but it's actually one of those rare games that's gone beyond the video game marketplace and into pop culture as far as a whole is concerned, so... Your thoughts on Fortnite? I know we've talked about it ad nauseum, my friend, but you got him impressed the first six months of the year at how well Fortnite has done. Yeah, from what I understand, isn't PUBG trying to sue them right now? Is there a- In Korea, I believe, yes. It is a trademark copyright infringement type that they've actually uh, laid the hammer down as far as court is concerned, and they're actually suing Epic Games, the creators of Fortnite, at this point in time, but we'll see what happens there. But it's not in the U.S. court of law. It's actually overseas. I uh, got it. Okay. Well, yeah, no, I give props to Fortnite. They've actually done a something that we haven't seen in a long time is bring a whole new type of gamer to video games, pretty much. A lot of people who wouldn't touch it before. That just goes to show you what the power of free does, you know? It's, it's continually impressive, man. I don't really have a lot to say about that because I don't play it. Good for them. Good for them. They've done a good job of marketing themselves, doing the, the, the Thanos uh, thing after Avengers Infinity War, and the future is looking bright. But Call of Duty believes that they're going to be able to uh, swindle in on the old Battle Royale genre, so we'll see how that goes. But no, Fortnite's good for them. And you and I get press clippings all the time, at least I do, as far as the next great game in the Battle Royale genre coming soon to a video game console near you. And it's just like, oh yeah, okay, whatever, whatever. And Battlefield, they may actually add on a Battle Royale game as well onto its Battlefield World War II that's coming back out later this year so. We'll have to wait and see how the Battle Royale genre is going to shape up and how long this fad is going to last. Because, you know, at some point in time, it's going to be all played out ad nauseum. But I think right now it's at its height and Fortnite could be that game when all is said and done, be the game in the Battle Royale genre that makes the most out of its 15 minutes of fame. The last thing I want to talk about as far as the major news stories comes from the world of TV. I know you had said about shows that are being canceled and shows that are being picked up by other networks. Probably the biggest show that was talked about over the course of the first six months of 2018 was Roseanne. It it rebirthed, I I should say, to a startling 18.2 million viewers in, in its initial episode when it came back onto the airwaves for ABC, just about two months later, my friend, Roseanne has been canceled due to some unfortunate and untimely and really extremely repugnant comments made by Roseanne Barr on <laughs> everybody's social media friend, Twitter. Get off that Twitter. And it looks like at this point in time, Roseanne is done for, although I wouldn't be surprised if a network tries to do some sniffing around other than ABC as far as seeing if they can go ahead and pick up Roseanne, similar to what has happened with Designated Survivor, Last Man Standing, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and The Expanse and other shows that have been picked up by other networks, streaming or otherwise. So I wouldn't be surprised if somebody will want to take on that challenge and all that social media backlash and all the public backlash of actually putting that show on this network. I wouldn't put it past certain networks to do that i don't watch the show personally but i know obviously it has to be something mentioned as far as some of the top news stories so far in 2018 because just the nature of you know you can't argue with 18 million viewers upon its first initial showing people like it i mean they wouldn't have brought it back if they didn't but it's uh just goes to show you that like you know nobody's immune from the power of the internet and just because you have an opinion it doesn't mean that you should put it out there, but it's a very difficult balancing act to be in the spotlight and in any in anything. You know, if you have a lot of followers, you're just 
you just got to know that's the name of the game. You got to keep some things to yourself and not say some things just because you feel the need to. Like I got friends who will, you know, will be out doing stuff and they just decide to say the stupidest things and they end up, well, what did you think was going to happen? So it's just, it's, I don't know, man. But yeah, it, it'd be interesting to see. It, it makes but you don't have a potential $100 million powerhouse television show with syndication and all that that's writing on this as far as whether or not to say anything at all on social media. Yeah, that should have been something in her contract. But here's the thing, man. Like, it's, yeah, you shouldn't say it. But I mean, it's, if you're in the spotlight, like, it's one of those things that seems like it's going to come out eventually, you know? And there's always like, you're going to, eventually, you're going to slip up and say something stupid, whether it's on Twitter or it's in, you know, in private or someone hears you say it at a party you're going to say it but at the same time like it's it makes money and we'll see like just how willing hollywood is to stick to their you know their firm standard of politics when it comes to something that makes this much money so i'm i'm actually like i'm very interested in this story so i'm i've been following it and i'm i will continue to follow it as we've seen before when it comes to social media you just got to watch what you say and do people have just got to learn when they're on social media to use it for certain things and to not use it for other things, especially when you have that many people following you and you're that much under the spotlight. So, and we, we've also developed this uh, shark slash piranha mentality though, where we want to consume, we want to literally destroy people for saying anything. So it's, it's a very volatile uh, atmosphere that is, is social media or just existing in the spotlight in general this is true this is true so learn that lesson everyone be careful out there on social media when we come back my conversation with daphne matthew on the walking dead stay with us we truly appreciate it this is the pcc multiverse mm, nothing's better when grilling your favorite meal than adding some delicious wheelie q rubs seasonings and gluten-free barbecue sauce Made with the finest ingredients, Wheelie Q products pack a ton of flavor to your meals, whether it's ribs, chicken, steak, hamburgers, fries, or vegetables. To get your hands on some of these tasty Wheelie Q items, head on over to www.wheelieq.com and a portion of all profits made will go into finding a cure for spinal muscular atrophy. PCC Multiverse listeners, act now and get 15% off your order today just by entering the promo code POD2. That's P-O-D and the number 2 at checkout. For the tastiest food on the grill, nothing's better than Wheelie Q items today at wheelieq.com. I had to bring in this person coming up next right here because major news came across the wire Rumors are flying all around. Deals are being made behind the scenes. And, well, I, I guess there's just no better way to say it, but the future of The Walking Dead is now clearly up in the air. And who better to break it down for us, who better to clear that air is the, well, I guess, you know, I've been through all through the internet, through Facebook now for so many years. I have not found a better moderator out there than the moderator for The Walking Dead fan base. If you want to go and find the best Walking Dead fan group out there, you just got to go check out the Walking Dead fan base Facebook group and also Facebook page as well. There are tens of thousands of followers for both these pages, and you just got to check it out today. It's Daphne Matthew. Again, it's such a great pleasure having you on the show, Daphne, and, and so looking forward to having you give us an update of what's going on with The Walking Dead. Uh, thank you, Gerald. Well, basically on Tuesday, Andrew Lincoln will be leaving The Walking Dead this upcoming season. Everybody is still reeling from Chandler Riggs being killed off, and then they got hit with Andrew Lincoln is actually leaving. He hasn't made a statement as of yet, but a lot of the things that I've seen swirling around is that he's just burnt out. He wants to do movies. He wants to do other things. And most importantly, he wants to spend more time with his family. 
I understand that the show actually did, and this is something that a lot of people may hear eventually, is that they did know this was gonna happen. They, they knew, I would say maybe around the same time that it was announced that Chandler Riggs was gonna be killed off the show. He had a very close relationship with Chandler. And he has been quoted many times saying since it broke that Chandler Riggs was dying that he really was having problems doing the show without Chandler Riggs being there. And he did talk extensively with Scott Gimple about this storyline and he didn't want it to happen. So basically I think really what happened was is that, you know, that was the final straw for him because he nearly did quit in 2013 when Scott Gimple first came on the show because they had creative differences. So I think he's been wanting to leave for some time, but this was the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. Once again, it is Daphne Matthew from the Walking Dead fan base. You got to check out their awesome Facebook pages and groups today. Be a part of the conversation because from what I've been observing, there has been quite a conversation indeed. Uh, again, oh, major news. Yeah. <laughs> Major news, again, Andrew Lincoln is, I think, what, on for six more episodes? Then pretty much he's done with The Walking Dead as of this point in time. Yeah, so right now the debate is going on. There's a couple of things swirling out there is how are they going to, how is he going to leave the show? Will he kill him? Will he just leave? One of the things that's been coming out today, which is quite disappointing to me, is Rumors that they may even try to recast his role. I think out of respect to the fans and to Andrew Lincoln himself for being an awesome character for nine seasons that they shouldn't even think about it. They didn't recast Lauren Cohen. And when it was announced that she was leaving also in season nine and she's only gonna do six episodes too. They said that was not even being considered re to recast her role. They didn't recast Chandler. Now, for whatever reasons they fired Chandler, most of it, from what I know, is that it was over the money they wouldn't pay him, AMC wouldn't pay him, and his father wasn't happy, and his father and Scott Gimple has a very bad history. They wouldn't pay him, they wouldn't pay Lauren Cohan, but they said they would not recast the roles. So to say or even bring up the idea to recast Rick Grimes, the major character of the show, is really a slap in the face to the fan base, bases out there all across the world because we know this character. There is no other person out there that epitomizes Rick Grimes more than Andrew Lincoln. And to even think about recasting him is a slap to the fan's face, it's a slap to his face because that means that they never considered him that important as the character playing that role. You could pretty much count the days and the episodes before the, the show would be canceled if that was the case. Oh yeah, if if, if they even, if, if it ever comes to light that they're recasting that role, that show is over. I think the show is pretty much done, not even because of the characters leaving, but because of the time at which season nine is covering is up to the actual comics now. I mean, they've already brought in Georgie, which is the leader of the Commonwealth, and that's the current comic storyline that's going on. The Whisperers, the rumor is they're gonna show up it seems like they're combining the two storylines now for sake of time. And then, I don't know, maybe a year, maybe two more seasons, maybe by season 12, it'll be a wrap. But I think now it's gonna happen sooner rather than later because, I mean, let's be honest, who do they have left? They have Norman Reedus who from the original cast. They have Norman Reedus who plays Daryl and they have Melissa McBride who plays Carol. Now, if, you go off any Walking Dead related group. The debate is today and has been since Tuesday. Who is going to take the lead now? I'm sure you've read it. It's been all over the television. The show offered Norman Reedus somewhere 
around the figure of $20 million in order to take the lead? And that's correct. Yes. Norman Reedus has been rumored to accept that contract extension for $20 million uh, as far as a season, I believe that's, if I'm not mistaken, that's the rumor um, price. He hasn't accepted yet. So he hasn't, I've been, I follow him on Twitter and he hasn't made any kind of statement. He hasn't accepted yet. They are offering him that money to stay because maybe he was going to leave too. We don't know. Well, uh, I will say this. I will say this if I could just interrupt. I think they're looking in the wrong direction. I pointed it out to you before in our previous conversations that I think Denai Guerrera is a star in the making. She's completely burst onto the scene when it comes to her work with Black Panther and Avengers Infinity War. And I think it would be in, in AMC's best interest to put her and give her that kind of offer as opposed to maybe Norman Reedus, who I don't see particularly as a lead character, but as a very strong side character. I think Melissa McBride would be ahead of her in my, my opinion, but I think either of those two actresses would be well-versed to become the lead more so than Daryl Dixon, because I think he thrives off of being that supporting character. And I agree as far as Norman Reedus. I don't believe his character. I'm not talking about the person himself because I have met him. As far as the character goes and the way the character has developed or in a lot of people's opinions, not developed <laughs> over the past eight years, he's not capable of carrying the show. The character would not, they would have to totally reconstruct Daryl Dixon and it wouldn't work out well because people see him as he is now. Rick's second in command after the death of Glenn. He's a loner. He does things erratically. And to change him like that would pretty much solidify the end of the show. Um, Denai Guerrera, wonderful actress, met her too. I don't see her being on the show much longer for the reasons that you said her film career is ablaze right now. So I don't... exactly. I don't see her continuing on, even though she would be an excellent lead, in my opinion. And that's the last, I've met most of the major cast and she's absolutely a beautiful person inside and out. Melissa McBride, Carol, would be a great leader. I mean, if you go back and look at the history of the show, she, over the course since season five, has done things that even Rick couldn't do. I mean, she saved them all from Terminus. She, in my opinion, is maybe the second strongest character in the cast. They should make her role more concrete, more of a leadership role. Now, as far as the money, I have an issue with the money. They shouldn't be offering anybody after the contract dispute with Lauren Cohen, which has resulted in her exiting the show after six episodes also, in the background, the incident with Chandler Riggs, which led to his firing from the show, to offer one person that amount of money when you wouldn't give the other actors and actresses that make this show so great better contracts with more money, that's an insult to the cast, and that's going to cause problems within the cast, and it may cause problems internally. You might see a mass exodus of the major characters leaving. It's a big change. It's a big shock, and we'll survive it. <laughs> <laughs> very, very choice words indeed, especially regarding the show that we're talking about. Again, Daphne, it's great having you part of the show. My best to Andrew Lincoln and thanking him as well for all that he has done, and Laurie Cohen as well. Uh, both those fine actors doing such a great job on the show for so many years. And it won't be the same without them, especially Andrew Lincoln. I mean, the, the whole series has sent around him for years. And we're now going to be going into a kind of a mystery phase on what's to come. And I know you and I will be talking about The Walking Dead sometime very soon. Once okay. again, it's Daphne Matthew. It's always a great pleasure having you part of the show and, of course, a part of the pop culture. 
If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald coming back right at you here. Josh, we're going to close out the show with Bethesda's recent announcement of Fallout 76. We got to see the teaser trailer for it. We can't call things just a trailer these days. It was a teaser trailer for Fallout 76. So I want to hear your initial thoughts, man, on Fallout 76. Are you excited for it? Is this something you're interested in getting back into the world of Fallout? Well, originally I was, but then, you know, the, the more I found out about it, the less I want to play it. I know that they're originally the creators of New Vegas, I think, wanted to make a an online uh, Fallout game. But that's what this game is, though. This is an online Fallout game, much like uh, the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm just kind of curious about, like, now that this is coming out, what does this mean for Elder Scrolls Online? Are they going to be wrapping that up or are they going to continue to support it throughout the coming years? But, uh, you know, I don't. this is the question I keep asking everyone. Did anybody actually want an online Fallout game? Because those games are hard enough to play just by yourself. So I don't know, man. Like, it's just like Fallout 4 had so much content on it that I'm still trying to play through the rest of it. And so I don't really, personally, I don't really have a desire to play an online Fallout game. And I, I you know, and why are, why, why are we getting Fallout instead of an Elder Scrolls game? From what I understand, some of this Fallout game has been developed by another studio. But, uh, you know, why are we getting this before we're getting a, the next entry in the Elder Scrolls series? Because it's been seven years since Skyrim came out. So, and, you know, the space in between Fallout releases isn't isn't that much. So why are you putting money into something that you, you have a guaranteed audience for a game like Elder Scrolls, but you're taking a risk by making something like Fallout, especially an online Fallout. So why? I just I obviously I need to see more about it, but I just I don't have any interest in playing it. What about you? Preach to the choir, my friend, because I am right with you on that. I think it was not the greatest moves. In fact, we just talked about this recently, I believe, that we were hoping that we would be seeing more of a possible Elder Scrolls come E3, but but that doesn't mean I don't want to play a cooperational uh, event. Let's take Elder Scrolls Oblivion or Elder Scrolls Skyrim, two of the most popular games in the Elder Scrolls series, and obviously two of the best games that have come out within a 15-year time frame. If that was able to be actually translated fully into a extended adventure, because Elder Scrolls Online doesn't really have that feel of an adventure game like the rest of the Elder Scrolls series, if they were able to incorporate that, plus make it two or three of your friends playing alongside of it, that to me might be worth something because... I know when I play Oblivion or Skyrim, I look to see if I can get the help from as many NPCs to help with me, to stay with me and follow me around and help beat up as many monsters with me to, you know, and get that help. Just that type of interaction is kind of cool at some point in time, but it would be even better if I had two or three friends to go along with me, but keep it at that minimum as far as a online experience is concerned. I would still just prefer at this point in time a new Elder Scrolls game I think would feel more fresh I agree with you 100% that Fallout is not the game that they should have brought out at this point in time I just think that might have been an error on Bethesda's part and I see declining sales over from Fallout 4 or even Skyrim because of it I just think that Elder Scrolls game it was the right time to bring it out and they missed their opportunity they might bring it out next year. They might bring a new one out the year after, but this was really a right time because Skyrim can't go on anywhere else. And there's no other consoles being made out that can support another Skyrim, unless you're talking about mobile phones really getting hot and heavy or the Intellivision or Sega Genesis really be able to put extra RAM in there. It's not going to happen. There's no more consoles coming out, no more platforms that Skyrim can be put upon. So that one's done. It's over. It's finito. 
So now would be a great time seven years later to actually get a new fresh look at the Elder Scrolls series that's not Elder Scrolls Online because that's a completely different game than the Elder Scrolls series I know and love when I play it, Morrowind, Oblivion, or Skyrim. What are your thoughts out there on Bethesda's announcement of Fallout 76? Are you excited for it? Is this the game that you wanted Bethesda to make? Or did you want them to do a true continuing iteration in the Elder Scrolls series that's not called Elder Scrolls Online? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, humanity media, and game source on Facebook and Twitter as well. Do you have any thoughts on the way out on, on how your weekend's going to shape up and what you're looking forward to? Outside of my podcaster persona, just a lot going on with the uh, Josh Peterson behind the Clark Kent glasses. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. I got a busy weekend as well, but we will see how Solar performs in its second weekend. Will there be a dramatic drop? I know the word of mouth is not great on it, but I think people do need to give it a chance. And I'll hopefully be able to go into that more. Plus, there's a lot of stuff going on in pop culture as well. And we at the Pop Culture Cosmos are going to do our best to cover it all. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. Here's hoping you have yourself a great day. The Death Star plans are not in the main computer. Where are those transmissions you intercepted, including those of the Monster Sci-Fi Show podcast? I need my weekly dose of sci-fi news with movie and TV reviews and commentary. We intercepted no transmissions! This is a consular ship! If this is a consular ship, where is the ambassador? Sorry, I was indisposed. I will give it a moment to air out if you know what I mean. Who needs the ambassador? I thought I heard someone call out for me. I... Uh, uh, uh... Which one of those chess buttons calls your supervisor? You imbecile. The Monster Sci-Fi Show is part of the ESO Network. It's sci-fi, from a certain point of view. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.